0: to an incredibly exciting episode of Whisper in the Wings. Um, I, am, I am fangirling over here. I am so excited. We have writer and performer Jade Anuka with us today, um, who is currently starring at the Audible Theater at Manetta Lane Theater uh, and her production of Heart, a phenomenal show. So Jade, welcome this morning uh, to our show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I got the sheer joy, the sheer privilege of seeing your show a few weeks ago, and I was so blown away. It was it was not what I was expecting. Uh, I mean, I don't usually look into shows, and I, I mean, I am that guy that judges a Book its cover, so I saw the, the logo and that, and I was like, okay, so this is something with love. Great. Go team. <laughs> I literally got taken for the greatest ride of my life. I was hanging on your every word. I didn't want this story to end. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your show? That's awesome. Firstly, thank you so much for saying that. Uh, the
1: Yeah, so Heart is an autobiographical one-woman show told through poetry. And, yeah, it sort of charts the story of the woman, myself, from two weeks before her 24th birthday, through the kind of highs and lows of love and challenges the kind of obstacles or as it's referred to in the play the beasts that we have to kind of work out how to navigate and and get through and overcome in our life and some of those kind of obstacles are self-imposed um but many of them come from external sources that then you know have a have an impact on our life and it sort of charts that journey through kind of despair, hope, joy, love, you know, and self, finding self, you know, finding oneself.
0: I, oh, I, listeners, I, I mean, this is gonna be one that I just keep just gushing over and and I can't tell you how, how much that this show really connects not only to its, I mean, mm-hmm. You exude to the audience, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. this is such a relatable story. The audience what, is a really big that, part of it. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. I mean, we because because the, the, the tragedies and the things that you try to overcome, we've all been there before. You know, we may not yeah. have all gone through those exact things. But the thing that stood out in my mind the most was when you kept referring to overcoming your beast. Mm-hmm and forgive me if i'm i'm boiling it down to too much of a cliche but it was such a rupology rupology a rupal term you know overcoming your t- inner t- tormentor Oh, uh, right yeah yeah and i was like that is that how many times have we especially in the in the theater have yeah. to overcome our inner yeah. beast and I the way they that. That depicted that was uh-huh. so <laughs> is human. It was so human. Yeah. And I never thought yeah. outside of like an art form of, of that kind of thing. I never thought of it in a personal life. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If that makes sense. Never mm-hmm. thought that there'd be a beast in a personal life. We, that we would struggle to get over. So I yeah. love that you, you spoke on that and you wanted yeah, to relate to you. that.
1: Well, it's true, isn't it? Cause we do all have it, our beast and they probably look slightly different for everyone. But it's all there. It's really relatable. And I do think that is the main thing about Heart, is that even though it's a really personal story, it is just a really human story. And I do believe that there's something in it that everyone can relate to, for sure.
0: So how did you come up with the idea of, like, putting this as, like, writing this as a show? I mean, obviously, this is a true story. This is your story. What? what how did you come up and develop this show? Like, what was it like doing on that?
1: Yeah, well, it started actually back in 2018. And I remember thinking, I don't know, I remember thinking people don't know me. And it's a, it, it, and I say it in the, in the piece about public-private balance. And, and I remember thinking, gosh, it's a weird one. How much of myself do I give out to the public? How much do I show? How much do I put on Instagram? You know, that sort of thing. And how much do I keep private? And there just seemed to be something um that was sort of inside me that wanted to get out and so on it was literally in one sitting I basically wrote the whole story I wrote my story down and it was all in poetry because that's what I've never written a play before I, but I've um, written a lot of poems before and it seemed like it would make sense to write it in that way. That always felt like the most honest way of writing and the one that connected to my heart and my feelings the most. And I sort of wrote it out in one sitting. I just spent a few hours and I kind of blurted my heart on the page. And once it was written, I was like, okay, now what do I do with it? And I, I sent it to a producer, Kate Pakenham, who's actually co-producing this with And I'd worked with her before and I just sent it to her just to see if there was something in there that maybe somebody who, you know, from outside of my world would kind of relate to. And she was like, yes, let's develop this. I think this, I think the world needs to hear it. And so we started yeah, developing it. And what I worked with, you know, directors and dramaturgs to get the script as, as good as it is and to make it a, a show rather than just a load of poems together, you know, make it a whole piece of theater. And here we are four and a half years later and it's finally up. It was supposed to happen in London in 2020 and COVID sort of that. Um, but it's so great to be here now and I'm doing it. Uh,
0: we are so happy that you're here. <laughs> what is the message or thought that you're hoping that audiences are gonna take away when they leave the theater?
1: so much. I want them to connect with their hearts and what they really want to do with their hearts rather than leading with your minds and what you should do or what looks right. Like, actually, what do you want to do? What is your heart telling you your gut? Um, to be sort of open-hearted, to go into the world with love and open-heartedness and find your joy, you know? Live your truth and sort of know that Sometimes
0: that is harder initially to do that, but it's so worth it. That's, that is beautiful. Uh, <laughs> and you know what? I, I will admit that. I did. I left the theater with that message, and I also left with an overflowing sense of good self-esteem. Like that's I, just, I was great. Like, I gotta bounce on my step, and I could take. Oh, a- that's cool yeah that's
1: I, awesome I love that idea I, that's a yeah that's really nice to
0: hear because I just feel like your story was so re- like I said real and relatable and it was like, well look at the way she overcame this horrible horrible thing this feeling if she can do it, why can't I kind of thing okay. you know and and so yeah. oh but I yeah again I'm sorry I'm going to gush through all of this I just <laughs> You mentioned that you had uh, that it's taken about four and a half years to get this up and running. But how long have you been working on this project? Was it that full four and a half years, or was it longer?
1: No, it was from that. It was four and a half years, and it was yeah. And from from the first kind of pen to paper to it, you know, our first night in New York was four and a half years. And in that time, I had. I, I did put it on in London for two nights as a sort of work in progress at a festival called the Vault Festival. I don't know if you know that. It's sort of like a kind of mini Edinburgh that happens um, underneath Waterloo Station. in a couple okay. of um, and loads of shows. People often put on shows there before going to Edinburgh Festival. Um, but it's a great way to kind of try out new work. Um, so I did it there for two nights, which was awesome. And from there, sort of got a bit more interest and Audible got involved and wanted to do it and wanted to take it on as a kind of Audible original from there. And um, yeah, it's been that process of working on it and rewriting and and trying to make it as uh, as best as it can
0: be. That's fantastic. Oh, I'd love to see that. Especially under the underwater Lucian. That (laughs) that's such a not the production that is in New York
1: right now. That was sort of me and Mike and Couple of lights, like three
0: lights. (laughs) Just imagine all those silks and everything just hanging down, you know, right there. (laughs) Well, the final question I want to ask you for this part of the interview, um, who do you hope have access to the show?
1: Oh, that's such a great question. I would like, I mean, I say at the beginning about how this is perhaps for all the misfits, all those who have ever felt other. And I feel that, it's for those people, and for them, you know, when I wrote that, I think of people that identify as queer. I think for the, especially for this show, I think that, especially as well, in terms of like the people that have come up to me who've related to my story, the closest it has been people who, who are queer. It has been people who have felt unrepresented in on un- other ways, people of colour. You know, people working in industries who maybe are the only person that looks like them in their industry who have have felt othered, who have felt maybe alone and who have felt that they've had to try and blend in in some ways and do fit into societal norms when actually they don't. (laughs) And when they, and they've not felt right when they've tried to fit in and actually when they just live their self and being themselves in those spaces, actually it's felt better. Um, so it's for them, but um, yeah, this one is definitely, it's definitely for the the queers as well, Um, but then again, as well as that, there are people who come up to me after the show, who are straight, who are white, who have watched the show and gone, wow, thank you, this has meant so much, or I've really related to the mother relationship, the parent relationship, or I've really related to just feeling like I have the beast that I can't, You know i can't work out how to navigate with so it's funny isn't it it's all it's all of those things i want people to come to it who relate to it i also want people to come who don't understand and i want them to understand what it's like to be in the situation that i've gone through and to know that you know their friends and their family who are going through this to understand maybe understand them a bit more which has been really interesting people coming and going, I didn't know that that was the case. I thought it was just, like, you know, people who think things are just black and white, that actually know we all live in those murky waters in the in-between, and that, that's really important as well. But also in terms of access to theatre, on that, on that way, I'm like, I want young people to come, I want students to come, I want um, people of colour to come, I want queer people to come I want people who are maybe don't have as much access I want those people to come I want poets to come I want people who maybe don't go to the theater but they love poetry or they love you know they love words I want those people to come so it's yeah I mean the dream is big
0: <laughs> <laughs> now before we dive into you there's one thing I do want to mention I think um, and it bears, it bears mentioning with this show. There's an important thing you say at the end of the show and, 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 and we can cut this if, if you don't want me to spoil it, but I, I left, I took away this thing you said and I was so rocked by it. Um, you mentioned we are so fortunate to be able to, to share this story. You were so fortunate to be able to tell this story. And to have to, to have experienced the story, and not to be able to tell the story, and this is the definition of freedom, because uh, yes. not everyone gets to be able to tell their tell their story to tell this kind of story, mm-hmm. to, you know. And it's 2022, and that rocked me back on my heels a little bit. That grounded me a little bit. That that mm-hmm. checked me a little bit because I was like in such a. Uh, I guess in such an LGBTQ positive world as the theater, I feel like is, I had to kind of sit there for a minute and be like, oh yeah, the rest of the world doesn't feel the same way. And there are tons of individuals that don't, I mean, not, not, and I mean, I'm not talking just about like, you know, some third world country or something even just here in the states they don't get yes. to share this kind of story or they would get shot down for trying to share a story like this and i really was taken aback at the fact that you shared that line mm-hmm. in your show it was so powerful um and i think that that bears recognition that you acknowledge like this is what freedom is this is privilege to get to share this um and
1: it is i feel yeah. you know i feel and extremely privileged to be able to do this for all the beasts and all the trials and all of that it's like actually i can still speak i can still still tell my story and i feel like i tell it as well for all those who can't as well yes and it's it's because yeah we love it's it can be quite we can be in a bit of our own echo chamber when exactly you know i live in london you know we're here in new york and yes, representation for LGBTQ plus people and the kind of, the life that we can live is so much better here than it is in lots of other parts of the country in the world. It's still, and that is amazing. And if you look further than, if you look in other countries, even in this you know, time, that is debt, that is illegal, that is all of that. But also even in countries like England and America, there are still people whose worlds, whose communities are not accepting. Yes. Um, and it's dangerous. And I think it bears
0: saying. Yes. And I mean, I, I'll, I'll say, you know, both my wife and I were from Utah. It, it struck a chord with me because I, I know mm-hmm. so many friends who kept all of it bottled up because they, where was their support system? Where was their network? Yes. And I wish that this story was there. I wish the show was there to be like, it's okay. Yeah look so it's, just yeah yeah so
1: and that's and that is one of the the brilliant things about how plays on audible and so if you can't make it down to new york you can listen to it and you know you can listen to it secretly in your home in utah do you know what i mean or yeah <laughs> wherever you are in the world and hopefully you can make someone feel less alone that may that feels really joy as well.
0: show not only do we talk about you know the theater as a whole and whatnot but we also talk about our own personal experiences uh in the theater or with the theater and so I just would like to ask you a few questions in regards to that um and I'd like to kick it off with uh asking you what shows in the past have inspired you or that you love and I'll even broaden it to include composers or playwrights as well
1: oh wow yeah um,
0: oh my gosh there's so many
1: um, ah, <laughs> well in terms of like especially with my poetry a lot of my inspiration comes from poets like Maya Angelou, Audre Lorde mm. um, who speak from their heart and soul and push forward you know in terms of representation um, theatre oh, there's so much there's so many good things that I think of um, I think of some of the You know, Shakespeare is a big one, um, especially because of the poetry that is used in there. And also because of when I was introduced to Shakespeare, I thought it wasn't for me. I didn't think it was, you know, as a young black girl growing up in London, I thought Shakespeare was just for posh people, (laughs) for posh white people. But actually, the more I worked on Shakespeare as an actor, the more I realised that Well, first of all, Shakespeare wasn't much. (laughs) He was uh, a lower-class citizen from Birmingham, and which is a a little town in, it's quite a big city actually in in England. And he broke all the boundaries and he kind of made his own words up, made up the rules in order to get his point across. And I love that. It's very inspiring that you can, those stories stand the test of time. Um, I also think of, um, I did a play called, um, by Errol John called Moon on the Rainbow Shore. I did that at the National Theatre in England. It was a Trinidadian play, and I'm half trini And there's so few plays that I knew of growing up, and that play really struck a chord with me when I did it. Um, there were so many artists now, I, I, I can't even think of them, but um, just artists that are using, I love the break of the rules a bit of what you think a play should be. Um, I, I love that. That's why poetry has been my way in because it feels like it takes the rules and kind of play, jazzes them up a bit, plays around with them. And that that's the sort of kind of stuff that inspires me for sure.
0: Absolutely. I also feel that poetry has taken us back to a time or like a style of more natural storytelling, like natural yeah. conversation. And I've been totally. loving that. Yeah. And, you know, it's not overdone. It's not so melodramatic. It's just a free flow of exchange. And I'm like, that, that, that word. it was,
1: right? It's storytelling in the kind of
0: simplest, purest form. And don't mess with the formula. It's not broke. It's beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) Have you seen any great theater lately that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? Do you know what? Because
1: I've been on stage all this year because i just come off of um, a show called Cock um, um, in, um, yes. by Mark Bartlett in the West End, which I did with um, Johnny Bailey, um, who I'm sure people will know from Bridgerton, Jonathan Bailey. Um, and so I've been in the theatre, um, so I haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen much theatre recently. I did see Prima Facie. Um, which is a one person, one woman play that was on in the West End, which I believe is coming to Broadway. It is in the spring, that's correct. It's so good. So I recommend. And I she's can't brilliant. Wait. Yeah, she's so brilliant. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely catch that. That's my big recommend.
0: I was really hoping to actually see Cock. Uh, my wife and I were supposed to go over to England to visit with our family. Um, take our honeymoon eventually and Hi. um you know covid travel restrictions yada 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 yeah, like, yeah nothing but great things about this play called cock and i was like i need to go see this but it was good fun so now i'm gonna yeah. have to just probably read the play and <laughs> do my best to put it together but i feel <laughs> great so congrats really on that thank you so much
1: thank you
0: what's your favorite part about working in the theater I love the the
1: live element of it, the kind of element that anything could happen, that no two nights are exactly the same. And yes. um, So the audience, it's a proper shared experience, both the audience with each other, the audience with me on stage, and and the crew and everyone who's there putting the show together on that night. And that you know when you watch a play that you're seeing that specific night and you and that audience that sat around you are the only one seeing it, you know kind of love that. That It feels really it it goes back to what I was saying, it feels really kind of the old, oldest form, isn't it, of storytelling. It's just like I'm I'm gonna stand here and I'm gonna tell you a story and you're gonna soak that in and hopefully you'll go off and maybe tell your story or you'll
0: say elements of
1: this story and it will pass and pass and pass by word of mouth. I kinda love that.
0: Yes. And you need, and you also need that audience there to help that energy. You need that energy in that way. Oh, energy. totally. I,
1: totally. That, it gives me so much energy when I'm on stage. What well, I get from yeah. the audience really helps.
0: I, I know I sound like a broken record to our listeners because I feel like in every interview <laughs> I say this, but that's what has been missing or that's what was missing during the lockdown. We had all this great entertainment streaming on our TV, but like that's I actually had our, our Spectrum cable guy repairman was out here and we were talking and he saw all of our theater memorabilia and I was talking to him about our show and he mentioned yeah I love that Hamilton and you know I got to watch mm-hmm. it on Disney plus I said yeah it's a great show I said but you should definitely go see it in person he was like oh yeah I'd love to did you see it on Disney plus and I was like yes I did but it's just it's not the same it's a different if, thing yeah. if you don't experience it as a community with all these people with you if the actors don't get experience your reactions it's not the same and the and show thing. you could see a show seven times in a row in one week you will get a different show every night because the audience okay. is gonna that energy is different someone might laugh yeah. on an entrance where other people will be shocked and it's amazing that way yeah it's yeah. a living, it's so breathing good. thing so i know
1: it's why it's so, it's it's such a joy to be part of that and it's why i'll never give up i could never give up theater i have to keep doing
0: you know? I tried, I tried, and it just kept coming <laughs> back and I was like, okay, you know, I'll just be a yeah. 4 an artist and that, but at least something.
1: Somebody- <laughs> <laughs> I know, so when I went on stage with Cock earlier this year, it was because of COVID, it was the longest gap I'd ever had. i had three years since the last show I'd done on stage because of COVID and three years off, I was like itching, I was dying to get back
0: on stage. It's weird not having that time, so yeah. I've never been a people person, and even I was just like, I just need people. I need I yeah. I I can't. And that's the it. joy of
1: being in theatre, right? You are sharing this experience with other people, but you
0: don't even have to talk to them. Exactly. Yes. Like I don't have you to. You get like, the joy of like being oh, yeah. around
1: people, but you can <laughs> yeah. still, you know, have your own experience.
0: Exactly. So, what is your favorite theater memory then?
1: Wow. I mean, that is so hard to say there were so many moments but I I think it probably has to be there was a day there was three days in London but probably the first one is the one that's going to come out when we did I was doing the trilogy it was a trilogy of Shakespeare plays um directed by Lloyd, who directed uh Mamma Mia most famously and the Iron Lady things like that she directed that it was starred Dame Harriet Walter, who is now like double Emmy nominated for Ted Lasso in succession. She's amazing. And I played, so at, at, I think it was 10 a.m. we did a production of, it was all set in a woman's prison. At 10 a.m. we did a production of Julius Caesar, where I played Mark Antony hmm. at, I think it was 2 p.m we did a production of Henry IV, parts one and two, Amalgamated, maybe part one, and I played Hotspur. And at 8pm, we did a production of Tempest, and I played Ariel. And these were trilogy days. And the audience came and saw... So everyone in the audience saw all three plays. So it was like an event. And we did it three times in London. Um, And it was... The most amazing experience. It's completely knackering, but overwhelming. Like how many people can say they've played Mark Antony, Hotspur, and Ariel in one day? Yeah, it was amazing. And the productions. I mean, we've talked about this. The productions were filmed, um, and actually, I would say, argue, we filmed one of the best ways it possible because it was filmed in the because ra- the show was in the round. Uh huh. So on one day, on one week, we shot on one side. Of the round, and on the other week we shot on the other side, so it's sort of shot like over, over people's shoulders, like you have, like how you shoot TV. So you're in people's eye lines rather than being like end on stage and all the cameras just on one side. Um, but it is, it was an amazing experience, and one I will never forget.
0: I want to see a recording of this. This sounds yes. incredible. <laughs> I'm writing this. We down. took
1: the shows, we took all three shows to St. Anne's in Brooklyn um, over, over the years. Okay. But only in London did we ever do the trilogy all in one day. It was that good.
0: That's incredible. And I thought that like doing Angels in America part one and two in one day was like a long <laughs> day. This sounds like a long day. But like I told people when I when when my wife and I told people like we did that in one day, they're like, oh, that must have been drained. And I said, it was so Good, I could do it again and again. This is what people would say. Like, I was like,
1: we were like, gosh, this is a lot. But I was like, fair play to the audience. They were there from like 9.30 for the 10 o'clock show. They would go and have lunch together. Like it became a bit of like a vibe, like a bit of a community thing for the day. Mm -hmm. I think people really loved it. And they were
0: so with us by the end because we had all just got through that day. Yeah, it was awesome. As long as the story and the acting that is good, all day. We binge watch shows all day, so... Right? Why not we do care? it? Yeah. So there you go. So were there any other uh, productions that you have coming on the pipeline that we can t- that you can tell us about, or any other planned productions about Heart that we uh, can pass on? Unknowingly, nothing planned yet for Heart, but
1: the dream is to take it to London, and I'm sure that will happen. So if anyone um, of your listeners are from England, look out. Look out for it. It's coming. It's coming. Um, in terms of things to look out for, we've got *His Not Materials on screen. So that's coming out soon. The third and final part of the trilogy where I play Ruta Skardi, The Witch Queen. Um, look out for that. It's all being filmed. It's in the can that's coming soon. And also the film Fisherman's Friends. If you saw the first one, it's all set in Cornwall and the bottom of England. And it's based on a real story of these like 10 fishermen that form a band and they get signed to Universal Records on a one million record deal. And they're just sing sea, sea shanties. And I play, um, I play the head of the record label and who signs them. And, this, and the first one is a feel good British film. So if you can get your hands on it, go and watch it. The second film is out on the 19th of August. That's coming out soon. And it's just a really good feel-good feel. And you listen out for the Fisherman's Friends Sea Shanties. Like, find them on Spotify. They
0: just feel good. It's really great. Sea Shanties. Thanks, TikTok, for, like, really pushing that.
1: Oh, my gosh. TikTok pushed it so much. And I'm like, this is great.
0: Oh, yeah. My so wife thrown humming that one there. Once, was it? Uh, da, da. And I'm just yeah. like, come on, really? <laughs> but that's OK. She works in the Music Man. So when she comes home, I fire back with something from Music Man that's just stuck in my head. So, yeah, it's all fair. <laughs> Well, amazing. The last question I'd like to ask is, um, if our listeners want to get more information about your show or about you, how can they find it or reach out to you?
1: Yeah, well, all about Heart, you can go hearttheplay.com and you can find all the information here, get tickets for the last week. Um, and if you find me on socials, I'm at Jade Anuka. I'm on Instagram and on Twitter. So yeah, search for me
0: there. And you can find out what's coming out as well. And hearts playing through Sunday, right? The yeah, 14th. Thank you so much for joining us, Jade. Seriously, this has been such an honor. I'm just, oh my gosh, I, this this has made my day, my year, everything. I I'm so glad that we were able to connect, especially after your show. This was amazing. Thank you. I, I cannot recommend your show enough. Um, it's one of our Stage whisper like, top picks. We're still trying to, like, land the pick, the name of it, like, you know, New York Times critic pick. It's like a, a recommendation or something. But it's, it's a top show for the summer for sure. Uh, right. <laughs> so thank you so much, Jade, for joining thank us. Thank you so
1: community. much. Really great to speak to you. Cheers.
0: Our guest today has been Jade Anuka. She is the writer-performer of the show Heart, which is currently playing at the Audible Theater at Manetta Lane Theater. It's playing through this Sunday, August 14th, and you can get tickets and more information by visiting hearttheplay.com. You can also find more information about Jade uh, by following her on Instagram or Twitter at Jade Anuka. And we will be posting all of this information with our episode uh, information, as well as on our social media. So, be sure to stay tuned for that and make sure to get tickets for the show. So, until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep your masks on and keep talking about the theater in a stage whisper. Thank you. if you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at StageWhisperPod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar, Yellow Cop, and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you'll find all the information about our backstage pass. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.